Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Today's episode, Failure. Now, in the last episode, we talked about failure as it relates to capitalism and how removing failure from capitalism changes it into something that isn't really capitalism and makes the whole system fail. But I want to talk a little bit about personal failure, because we all fail a lot. We fail in big, monster, important ways, and we fail in tiny, little, trivial ways. We're involved in a divorce and a family is torn apart. We burn the toast. We stumble on an important question in a job interview and miss an opportunity for a terrific position. We forget to TiVo, our favorite show. We're a little too slow to hit the brakes and we smash up our car. We refer to a Michael Moore movie as a documentary. Since we fail more often than we succeed it's important to be able to handle it well and to put it in the correct perspective. Now, most friends and acquaintances only talk about failures that are amusing or that happened a long time ago. They prefer to talk about their successes. Meanwhile, we're intimately familiar with every one of our failures, so by comparison, it feels like we fail an awful lot more often than anybody else does. The fact is, they fail just as often as we do, but they don't talk about their failures any more than we talk about ours. So it's a pretty good bet that your rate of failure and everybody else's rate of failure is eh, pretty much the same. A little more, a little less, but you're not all that different from anybody else. Now, one thing that can really be paralyzing and really keep people from accomplishing things is fear of failure. People will refuse to try things, especially if it's something that you do in front of other folks, because they might get embarrassed. But guess what, folks? Embarrassment isn't permanent damage. Go ahead. Take the chance. Get embarrassed. You can handle it. I always liked the Penn and Teller. I think it was in How to Play with Your Food. They talked about a policy of no permanent damage. They would do something that had a chance of failure as long as that failure wasn't permanent damage. And having a trick fail or being embarrassed, not permanent damage. Losing an arm, getting killed, that's pretty permanent. So you don't want to do those kind of things. But what's your biggest fear? Just pause for a second here and make a brief list of the two things that scare you the most. Okay, what's number one? And now what's number two? Most people will pick death as number one. Perfectly understandable. But then they'll pick public speaking as number two. Just short of death as the scariest thing for them to do. Why? The worst that can happen is you screw up. You get embarrassed. There's nothing permanent about that. It's not a horrible thing. I ran an improv troupe for about five years. And improv uses very specific techniques that are not intuitive, they're actually counterintuitive, but if you put these techniques in place and you make them work, about 80% of the time you'll create a really good scene. 
the other 20% of the time, you're going to fail. But actors would come back after doing a game, each bit was called a game, and just be kicking themselves because of a failure. Oh, man, I screwed that up. I should have done this. I should have done that. And so I made a rule, said, okay, you are allowed two major failures per show. And you can't beat yourself up until you've had those two major failures. And it really loosened people up because they'd given themselves permission to fail. They didn't fail nearly as often. But it's really ingrained. I'd go out and I'd do something and I'd screw it up and I'd come back and I'd start moaning and groaning and I'd say, Dave, what about your rule? That's your rule. Yeah, you're right. So it is. It's, it's really ingrained to kick yourself for failing. But if you can give yourself permission to fail, you're not saying, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try my best. If I fail, that's okay. But by giving yourself permission to fail, you will fail a lot less often. And you'll accomplish a whole lot more. The worst thing that you can do with failure, though, is to pretend that it's not failure. We see this with kids now, with kids' sports teams, where we don't keep score because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because they failed. And everybody gets a trophy. Well, first off, that makes the trophies worthless. You might as well just go and buy yourself one. But more importantly, it deprives kids of the opportunity to learn how to handle failure. Because let's face it, losing a sports game is a pretty trivial failure, but it can be pretty big to a kid. So let them learn how to handle it. And then when they get out in the real world, they'll be better equipped for the multitude of failures that they're going to experience in their lives. When nobody's allowed to fail, when everybody gets a trophy, you end up with kids who go to college and expect A's for just showing up, for average work, because they always got a trophy. And when they get out into the working world, they're really upset that the boss doesn't give them huge congratulations for simply doing their job day to day. It's a very unhealthy outlook. It's a very unhealthy attitude. And if your kids are on a sports team where they don't keep score, Unless it's t-ball. Because, yeah, for little kids, I guess that's okay. For real little kids. But get them on one where they keep score. And where the only people that get trophies are the ones who deserve them. And if your kid doesn't get a trophy, hey, then they have an opportunity to learn how to handle failure. Failure can also be a good training thing for you. It can be telling you, you know, this is not really what you should be doing. I worked as a salesman for a long time, for, oh, probably six or seven years, and I was an okay salesman. I was a good salesman, but I wasn't a great salesman, and I was never going to be a great salesman. And it wasn't until my boss said to me, you know, uh, I think maybe you should find someplace else in the company because you're not selling enough. You're not as good a salesman as we need in this position. Well, that was an opportunity to go out and Find something else to do, which I did, and have been doing that for the past 20 years. I've heard the platitude that you should do something that scares you every day. Well, most of our lives are too routine or mundane to do that every day. But try to do something that scares you once a week, something that you might very well fail at. Take the chance, and 
you just might find something that you can do successfully. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been smartenized. I finally got around to redesigning DaveHit.com for about a decade. Yeah, for 10 years, DaveHit.com has been up, and it's had the Hitman Chronicle up front. And when I started it way back in 1999, just think in internet terms, that's more than three standard eternities, I was putting up an article every week or so. And then I kind of got down to where I was doing two or three a month. And then where I was doing seven or eight a year. And then maybe two or three a year. But the Hitman Chronicle was still always right there up front. And all the action was taking place on the side, on the blog, on the podcast. And so I've redesigned the front page. So it's now a portal to everything. To the Quick Hits blog, the Quick Hits podcast, uh, Blood Witness, uh, some older stuff like the podcast Peer Awards. uh, And of course, the Hitman Chronicle. So from that page at DaveHit.com, stop by and take a look at it. And it'll be easier to get to some of the old stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that's piled up there over the past decade. If you haven't read Blood Witness, hey, go read Blood Witness. And when I say read, I mean, listen, BloodWitness.com. It's a novel about a vampire who falls in love with a Jehovah's Witness. Or if you want to look at it from Chris's perspective, It's about a Jehovah's Witness who becomes a vampire. Either way, lots of fun, blood, gore, sex, naughty language, action. Check it out, bloodwitness.com. It's a free, downloadable patio book. I want to start doing something. I was listening to uh, the Geologic podcast, and uh, George has this Ask George thing where people write in questions of either fact or opinion, and uh, he attempts to answer them. And then I was watching, my wife was watching the Bonnie Hunt show, and she has this Ask Bonnie thing. This kind of thing has been going on for a long time. So I thought it might be fun to try and do that, do an Ask Dave segment or maybe an Ask Dave episode. So if you have any questions, send them to me. Now, these can be questions that require answers on opinions or on facts. But a little twist on it, if you send me a question about facts and I don't know the answer, I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to make shit up. So it'll be a good test of your bullshit meter. When you hear me going on and on about some factual thing that's totally made up and completely off the wall. So just send that to hitman at davehit.com. Again, if you go to davehit.com, spell with two T's, you find my email address all over the place in various spots. So you can get the correct spelling of that. And it's also in the MP3 tags of this file. As always... I'd like to close off by reminding you that the Quick Hits Podcast is nothing more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.